Welcome to Cyberspin, the podcast that brings you expert insights to today's hot topics in cybersecurity, privacy, and compliance for highly regulated industries. Subscribe to Cyberspin on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. Hey, everybody. Thank you, and welcome back. Appreciate you guys taking a listen to us. We're addressing the top 10 kind of hit list from the DCMA DIPCAC of the most common failed practices within the CMMC and the DIPCAC high assessments. With me, as usual, is our uh, CISO and CMMC guru expert, Dr. Thomas Graham. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Dr. Graham, thank you for joining us again. It's always good to to chat with you. We're going to talk a little bit on this session about incident response. We do get a lot of questions about it, and yes, it is very important. Uh, The CMMC, you know, in NIST 800-171, if you look at the incident response domain, there's only three questions. Um, So if you're trying to just pass the assessment, that's all you need to address. But on a bigger strategy level, which is very close to Dr. Graham's heart since he is our CISO, uh, incident response needs to be part of the strategy. And to do that, you should probably take a look at NIST 861, uh, which gives a full-blown even how to build an incident response plan, model, and everything. Uh, most of the organizations out there, they have a little issues with resources. So what are some things that the organizations can leverage, mainly the small and medium businesses? Because that's what we are, Thomas. So if you can kind of talk about how we thought about how we were going to tackle the incident response and for, uh, you know, our side of the house dealing with the federal government uh, versus the commercial side. Sure. And, and thanks, Rob. And, and before, you know, we really get started, I want to add to what you were saying that in addition to being CMMC requirements, it's also part of your DFARS requirements as well. So these these are items that, you know, should already be in place, but maybe they're not, you know, to the place of where CMMC wants them. So when you're you're starting to look at incident response, you know, the everybody always says it's not if, it's when. Um, but it's it's not so much an if or, or when thing. It's when something happens. You know, you, you work with the military, you know, the DOD. They have, you know, those use cases and, and they have those missions and plans. If something happens, here's what happened. You know, here's what we do. And they practice them. And, and the reason why they're practicing them is because if an emergency happens, if an incident happens, you're usually going to have people that, you know, all of a sudden get stressed out. You know, they're they're not sure what's going on, what needs to occur. But by doing doing those exercises and, and having the plan in place, then, you know, it becomes something more formalized to where, okay, here's what happened here. You know, here's the process that we're going through. Here's the folks that, that need to be included into it. So when, when we, you know, we're looking at it uh, for ourselves, you know, we benchmarked our own uh, IR process on this, you know, a number of years ago. So when we were building ours, what we had to account for now was the, the DOD specific components. If you're not familiar with the DOD specific components for from your DFARS requirements, I highly advise you to go look because there's specific locations that you have to provide the information to, and there's specific time frames that you have to provide the information to them in. But aside from you know those reporting requirements, being able to to have those policies, those procedures, those plans in place 
it it kind of it's it's your playbook you know people talk about run books which are different scenarios when when you're dealing with ir but a playbook is kind of the overarching thing saying okay when we're going into this here here's who's going to be in charge here's who's going to be part of the the team and here's how we're going to communicate and i i mentioned the communication uh component because nine times out of ten communicating outward it it's going to fall a lot oftentimes to somebody in either PR or marketing uh, for larger organizations. And there may not be steps in place to account for them within, within the plan or the steps are there and they just don't, they're not aware of it for a smaller organization. You know, you may be doing the brunt of all of this. So being able to quickly and easily uh, pulling that information uh, up so you can step through and you can walk through and do it because if you're a smaller organization, not only are you, you now responsible for the IR, uh, the IR process, but you're also probably having to deal things from a, a CEO or, or president or, or other perspectives as well. So it, it kind of, it helps alleviate some of the stress that you have in, in a very stressful scenario. Uh, I know I, I may have went off on a little bit of a tangent there, Rob, but do you have any other thoughts on that? Oh, I think you're spot on. And, and, you know, communications, what is one of the main things during an incident response or an incident response exercise? What is one of the main way main ways we see folks communicating back and forth? They'll use their cell phones to text message each other or whatever. So uh, make sure, and it's great that you highlight that, part of your communications plan should be a secure platform that you can communicate back and forth across your teams because you may not be in the same location, right? The other thing that you talked about was practice, 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 rehearse, rehearse. Why? Because when an incident takes place, and trust me, both Thomas and I have been involved in uh, numerous, right? I still, that's why the hair is gray and that's why Dr. Graham has no hair. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that that it is so difficult to concentrate on handling the incident when your phone is constantly ringing of people saying, Hey, I can't access such and such what's going on. You know, you're trying to put handle your employees while you're trying to deal with the situation. And, and it becomes very, very confusing um, on a bigger scale, right? If I'm an assessor and I'm sitting there and I'm talking with you about your, uh, your incident response plan, I can tell right away if you're faking it or if you have a no kidding incident response plan. And the table tap exercises will point that out for your organization. You can tell right away if somebody's reading out of a playbook or if they're just going off the top of their head and saying, well, I think I would probably go check this. Well, you should have a checklist, right? So great points, um, both of which uh, you know, and the incident response itself is a big part of CMMC, and especially during this joint surveillance program, right? Because DIVCAC is going to take a look at the different DFAR portions of that, which is item C through G, if I'm not mistaken, correct? So if you're if you're going to seek an assessment during this joint surveillance process, you need to be aware of item C through G through DFARs because you're going to have to take a look at those. You're right, Rob, and uh, you know, I just wanted to add one other one other point in there with regards to the IR exercises. You're always going to have a scenario where you haven't accounted for it. You know, let's face it, something's going to happen. Um, I, I'm sure, you know, so, you know, a couple of years ago, 
there there wasn't really any run books out there for something like the solar winds incident mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. um but understanding and, and practicing and and having some type of uh overarching procedure in place in addition to your plans when something like that happens now you have the ability to leverage that where even if you don't have those specific run books for that then you still have the the framework that you can follow to help you know kind of build that run book as you're you're going through this you know scenario in real time no great point uh, again, you know, for organizations out there, especially our small and medium-sized businesses, um, don't don't try to tackle this on your own. There's plenty of folks out there that can assist you in incident response. We ourselves have a a fully, you know, developed incident response plan. It's taken straight from NIST 861. Uh, we've also got the DoD responses mixed in with there, so there's references to those documentations, and it is. It's just an incident response plan that you can take and enact into your organization. And then we can assist you with tabletop exercises, et cetera, et cetera. So um, if that becomes a laborsome thing for a lot of the organizations out there, don't don't hesitate to reach out. Okay, because that's that's really honestly what we're here for. Again, uh, we understand businesses are businesses and everything's about finance. But for Dr. Graham and I, the focus is the security of the data, right? And so an incident response is one of the most pivotal pieces of the CMMC process. And it's surprising that 2.0 only got three practices, you know, in that category because under CMMC 1.0, it was there was quite a few, which we had to abide by in order to become authorized. But but one last point, you know, Rob, while we're talking about this, one of the things that a lot of, you know, a lot of folks talk about it is the individual CMMC items. And, and to, some time, to some extent, they talk about them in a vacuum. But IR, it really ties into other activities because now you, you're having to understand when and what, you know, you can put out on social media, uh, PR releases, stuff like that. Well, that speaks to, you know, some of the the other items when you're defining, you know, your the 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 requirements around what can and cannot go on your public websites, your your public social media, and being able to you know have that in there not only when you're going through the incident, but also during your recovery, because recovery is a, a portion of incident response. Well, with utilizing other items within CM, the CMMC practices, such as your audits, your your audited events, when you're going through the IR activity, now you can see who who you know did what, when it occurred, and now you can define and focus your efforts uh, in a more more uh, structured way, so that once you've contained you know the incident when it's occurring now you can go back to that recovery phase and and get your operations back up and running like it should be yeah and if i can back up you know part of the recovery is the response piece of you know one of the biggest things we're seeing is ransomware obviously so you would be surprised how many folks do not have a plan on how to pay a ransomware via bitcoin (laughs) so these these are kinds of things you know as the CISO of the organization, you really need to think about all of these different 
threats that are there and really develop some type of response for them of how you guys are going to act as an organization should you come under attack via one of those threats, right? So, uh, yeah, I think we pretty much covered incident response. Again, NIST 861, it walks you straight down. You can develop a full, uh, just, you know, a fantastic incident response plan. Don't forget, just because the strategy has been removed from CMMC 2.0, it's still a key part of what you do as an organization. You need to have a risk strategy, and underneath that is the incident response, right? So uh, for the organizations out there, as I mentioned earlier, we have ways to assist you. Don't hesitate. Please go out and take a look at redspin.com. We've got plenty of videos, uh, blogs, white papers, everything that's a great starting point for you to uh you know, uh, help you get on your way. And if um, that's not enough, just reach out and hit the contact button. We'd be happy to have a chat with you. Okay. So with that, uh, thank you everybody for your time. Dr. Graham, any final comments? Uh, just final thoughts of don't wait, you know, go ahead and start looking at it because at some point in time, you're going to have to deal with an incident and, and being able to already have a plan in place is, is going to save you a lot of time, a lot of heartache and hopefully save more hair than, you know, save me when I've went through it in the past. Yeah. Like I said, don't spin around in circles, call red spin. All right, everybody. Thanks again for your time. Uh, appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you at the next one. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.